everyone. This is Grace Alone again, and this is a follow-up to our last mini episode on audiobook cover design. So if you haven't listened to that yet, this is very much a part two. Definitely check out the first from April 22nd before listening to this episode. I wanted to share an update with additional information because the super lovely folks at Macmillan Audio got back to me with two fascinating audiobook cover design case studies. Design manager Abigail Starr put together examples of recent fantasy audiobooks for which her team didn't directly adapt a print cover. Let's look directly at the case studies first, then talk about how this may fit into my larger theories about audiobook cover design difficulties and trends for sci-fi and fantasy. The first example is a series, The Wizard Knight Duology by Gene Wolfe. Macmillan cited two main reasons that they didn't use the print edition cover for this. Number one, they weren't able to recover the paperwork for the hardcover imprints cover design, which was an illustration by Greg Manchester from the first published edition by Tor Books. Since they weren't able to verify those contract details, it was just best to go in another direction. Number two, they felt that the original cover would be less than ideal as a smaller digital version. The images and icons just wouldn't translate well to a smartphone screen. As a solution, they broke down the cover into different elements and then moved forward with the ones that made the most sense, both visually and copyright-wise. Macmillan was able to license the beautiful flowing lettering from the original paperback cover, which was created by Iskra Johnson. They also created border elements that are visually similar to the illustration borders from the original covers. By paring down the covers to highlight the lettering, they not only make the covers more suitable for viewing on phone screens, but also create a tie between the print edition and audiobook edition with the recognizable font and the similar borders. They also used a color scheme for each that harkens back to those print editions. With the simplified layout, they also had room to include a review quote on each, one of which is particularly galvanizing. Quote, if you don't read this book, you will have missed out on something important and wonderful. End quote from our friend Neil Gaiman. I honestly think both of these covers are pretty perfect. They're clean, but visually appealing. They have recognizable cues connecting them to the print covers, and the overall style feels consistent with the medieval high fantasy setting of the books. These are covers that would inspire me to read these works. The second example is one I'm sure you're all familiar with, Dune by Frank Herbert. I found this to be a particularly compelling example because I touched on the less than ideal film poster inspired covers for Artemis Fowl and The Golden Compass in our previous episode. Both of those are by Listening Library, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House. <laughs> yes, I'm gently calling out Penguin Random House and no publisher will ever share anything with me ever again. For Dune, the publishing rights for the audio, print, and ebook versions are all separate and held by different publishers, so it's super tricky from the start, and I imagine that's because this is a massively popular work and those licensing fees are pretty hefty. On the subject of copyright and licensing fees related to Dune, I have to interrupt myself to share a fascinating tidbit I discovered while researching Dune publishing rights. 
I found a piece on Esquire about an anonymous NFT crypto bro group called Spice DAO who thought that they bought the rights to the book Jodorowsky's Dune, which is about the director Alejandro Jodorowsky's infamous 1974 to 1976 attempt to adapt the original work into a 14-hour-long movie starring Salvador Dali, Orson Welles, and Mick Jagger in an unspecified role. The book in question is a collection of concept art that was created for studio executives at the beginning of the production process, so there were very few copies made because it was just being used internally. Copies of the book come up at Fancy Pants auctions from time to time, and they typically sell around $25,000. Spice DAO thought they were making chumps out of the other Dune chasers, and they swooped in and bid $3 million, it gets better, in crowdfunded money for a copy of the book in November 2021, likely to coincide with the most recent film's release. And they won because everyone was like, okay, $3 million? They plan to use the book to create, quote, a collection of NFTs that are technically innovative and culturally disruptive, end quote, and specifically said that they would burn the book, record the burning, and then sell that video as an NFT. Editors note all of this during a global pandemic as social structures crumble around us. Only after they bragged about their purchase on Twitter did Spice DAO realize that they had not, in fact, purchased the book's copyright, but rather a single, absurdly expensive copy that they bid up themselves. They're also likely not even allowed to burn the book because there are so few copies that this would actually constitute destruction of historic property. They continue to maintain that we are all misunderstanding their original intent and that they knew what they were doing, but I feel like the writing's actually on the wall. All in all, a pretty incredible, pretty embarrassing copyright catastrophe. Now that we've covered that, back to the Dune audiobook. Macmillan only publishes the audio edition, so their art department wasn't able to work with the book's art team, although the print publisher did share a studio contact so that they could gain access to art created for the film's marketing materials. Macmillan came to separate agreements with the production studios involved and went with a layout that is inspired by one of the film's posters, but a separate take. This is a film adaptation-inspired cover that I'm actually really into. It features the full cast laid out in a sort of cool guy pose pyramid, and it uses the space vibe font of the film's title. This is maybe a testament to Dune's outrageously good casting more than anything else, but when you have the opportunity to get people to read a book using the likenesses of Timmy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem, Jason Momoa, and Zendaya... You should take it. Comparing it to some of the other film adaptation-focused covers that I mentioned in my last episode, namely Golden Compass and Artemis Fowl, I do think that some of the strength of this cover comes from it being a book targeting adults rather than young readers. Using this type of actor-oriented art isn't going to have the same resonance for kids' media because they typically just don't care about who the specific actors are. Also, we have more to work with with 2021's Dune than we do with either the HBO His Dark Materials series or Disney's Artemis Fowl adaptation. In terms of quality, 
in my opinion, <laughs> and potential art. To be totally honest, I haven't watched either the His Dark Material series or Artemis Fowl out of sheer anxiety, but from what I've heard, there isn't a huge contest between which of these adaptations is the strongest. The Golden Compass cover is unsurprisingly the stronger of the two, featuring Lyra and Pan in a quiet moment together. The Artemis Fowl adaptation, which is currently boasting a magnificent 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, has a hoping to be badass sunglassed Artemis with runes reflected in his sunglasses and what is to me a clear matrix ripoff. Macmillan Audio also shared an earlier version of the Dune audiobook cover from prior to the most recent film adaptation's release. This one also has a different cover from the print edition because of the same licensing issues. They have access to the audiobook rights only. This audiobook cover was designed in 2007 and went for a sort of kitschy scarlet and gold sand dune backdrop with rays of identical UFO style spaceships filling the red sky. This isn't my favorite cover. But I do think that it playfully encapsulates some of the book's themes while also keeping it much simpler than many older Dune paperback covers, which tend to feature rearing sandworms, really outrageous outfits, and pulpy action sequences. Overall, getting this breakdown directly from a publisher is so valuable because we get a peek into just how much is involved in the creation of a quality audiobook cover. I largely lambasted the audiobook publisher Recorded Books LLC and one of their imprints, Tantor Audio, in my first episode about audiobook cover design. Macmillan, on the other hand, is a storied publishing house, one of the big five publishers, with a range of imprints and a dedicated audiobook department. So their process looks different from what I expect the publishers I investigated in the previous damning episode are able to do in terms of budget, contacts, internal resources, and just overall capability. It's hard to compare Macmillan Audio's cover design work to Recorded Books LLC's because it's just superior. And I'm not just saying that because they were kind enough to put together a packet for me. But considering all of the moving parts, staff, communication, licensing, not to mention creative skill and ingenuity involved in designing audiobook covers makes it clear why there are so many shoddy ones filling Audible's sci-fi fantasy sections. I do still feel that there is a case to make for these less resourced and less established audiobook publishers to put more effort into their covers. Throughout this research process, my belief that the sole visual link to the material is a crucial piece of communicating an audiobook's contents to listeners has really only been reinforced. But when you're doing your best to churn through what must be an absolute glut of material that you need to update and rework, I understand why you might take on a night before finals mentality and end up turning to computerized mush mouths with floating swords against pixelated skies. I hope that there is a future ahead of us where, as audiobooks become more and more popular, their art is able to rise to the occasion and given the respect it deserves by all audiobook publishers. 
that is all for my update. Many thanks to Drew and Abigail with Macmillan Audio for all of their assistance and insights. Please let me know if you've enjoyed these shorter solo investigative episodes. I am definitely interested in doing more if you are interested in listening. Take care and we will be back together with our next full episode on The Changeling Sea by Patricia A. McKillop soon. Until next time.